WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 124, all about Rantkin and Bass's The Hobbit, being the 124th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today we welcome back to the podcast, Liz from Nerdy Bitches. Welcome, Liz. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for joining me. Listeners, I think it's been, I believe, over a year since you were on because you came on for one of the Lord of the Rings book chapters. Yes. And I remember when I was asking you about your experience with Lord of the Rings, you said that you were introduced to it with this 1977 That's right. wonderfully animated film, The Hobbit. I am and that old, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited now that I get to dive into these other forms of, you know, Tolkien content that people say, oh, well, that's how I was introduced to it or, or you know, that's how I heard about it or that's what my parents showed me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so excited that you could join me for this yeah, my mom used Great to. Film. <laughs> my mom used to check out the VHS tape from the library for us. Uh, I think eventually they bought us our own copy, but yeah, it was it was a favorite for me and my brother. And my sister seems to have not grown up in the same house with a th- at all. She has no clue, and I'm like, uh, oh, that's so funny. Where were you? Like, <laughs> no idea. So is she the youngest? She is. Yeah. So she was probably playing with Barbie dolls somewhere. I'm the youngest in my family, and there's definitely a lot of things. I think like my older brother, who's six years older than me, definitely had like a different different memories of our childhood than I had of our childhood. Yeah, my sister's five years younger than I am. I'm the oldest. So there's definitely a, a bit of a, a gap there. So yeah. <laughs> and also, I, I will say though, I feel like if you were watching The Hobbit, you would this would stick in your in your brain, these you images, think. you would be like, no, I think I have seen this at some point in my childhood. Yeah, we will talk about it. Because I still have the whole thing fairly well memorized. Um I know what songs are coming next. Uh, I sometimes <laughs> sing them in my head just randomly throughout a day. It's fine. It's not That's a problem. Great. <laughs> I love that. The the songs in this, we'll definitely, you know, talk about it. But these songs are so, they're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny that in a film that is, it's an hour and 17 minutes, listeners. Reminder, everyone, I'm coming fresh off the Hobbit trilogy, which stretches this thing out <laughs> endlessly. For six unnecessarily. hours. <laughs> At least. And... Then here we are now to just an hour and 17 minutes for the whole thing. I was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, I guess let, I want to I want to dive into some of this like background about about this movie. Mm-hmm. Listeners, in case you don't know by the title of this episode, today we are discussing um The Hobbit created in 1977 by Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass. Their studio, Rankin and Bass, is also known for lots of holiday specials that I did not realize they created. Oh, that yeah, they're the best. We have all, everyone has seen, such as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Little Drummer Boy, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And in particular, I just want to note this because I was going down a Wikipedia, you know, rabbit hole, clicking on things. And I clicked on The Year Without a Santa Claus, and there is a section on the Wikipedia called Gay Culture with a single sentence under it that says, 
says, the Miser brothers have often been read as gay. <laughs> and I just wanted well, to share that. Well Not played. at all related to Tolkien or nope. The Hobbit or anything, but I just thought everyone should know. That's funny. The claymation movie, The Year Without a Santa Claus, has a section on Wikipedia called Gay Culture. Anywho. <laughs> Inclusivity is very important. Yes, yes. Also, what's really cool and interesting is that this movie was animated by Topcraft, um, which was eventually uh, reformed into Studio Ghibli, or Ghibli, Ghibli, Mm -hmm. which is so just so cool that such a famous style, like very specific stylistic animation studio had its roots and beginnings with Rankin and Bass, you know, related to this little made-for-TV movie. That's another thing. This movie was made for TV. It was broadcast on NBC in the United States on November 27th. If I had been better about my planning, I would have released this episode near <laughs> November 27th. Eh. It's coming It's coming out about two weeks before then, um, 1977. When Tiny Liz was, it was a year old. <laughs> I'm assuming you weren't watching it then. Uh, no, n- I, then. <laughs> can, I can claim to be at the opening day of Star Wars. I was nine months old in like a baby carrier or some nonsense. My parents, I was like, who takes a baby to the movies? My parents are like, your parents did, yeah. <laughs> with no babysitter, that's who. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also, funny you bring up Star Wars. This was a I was trying to do like as much like background research into into this movie, and I'll do the same for the other animated films because I just find them fascinating. Oh, the others are. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm stoked for mm. for Lord of the Rings. Mm. So mm. stoked. That'll be next week, <laughs> listeners. I will say nothing about those, but but one of the mm. only like facts that's in every single like article or wikipedia page or whatever is that the hobbit was nominated for the hugo award for best dramatic presentation but lost to star wars yeah <laughs> which is fair <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a there's a little bit of a gap between the quality and the production value let's just say production value just yeah. just a little just a, little, a tad little, little gap Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, you know, in our 19, I mean, 19, what year is it? Oh, my God, I just time traveled. <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2021, um, this movie is so, you know, it's not, it's definitely not laughable. Um, no. It's very enjoyable, but it is totally a different scale and realm of animation and production than yeah. our brains are used to. Well, like I said, I we, we've, we've been watching this since we were kids. And so we still watch it over the years. I know I've watched it with my oldest niece, who's now 14 at some point, And she was interested. We read a little bit of the books and she was a little bit interested in that, but kind of grew out of it real quick. And I had my husband watch this again with me this weekend, or a couple days ago, yesterday, maybe, I don't know, whatever day it was. <laughs> It's, I just almost said 1921. One, so. well, yeah, one day like pushes the others out. I've got nothing. Me and Barliman, I got, <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I was watching this with my husband, and I had my youngest or my younger niece and nephew, so they're four and six, uh, here in the house. And I was like, "Do you want to sit down and watch this movie with us?" And they're like. No, we're going to color. And I was like, all right. Well, they color at the kitchen table, which you can still see. Mm-hmm. It's an open concept. So the TV's like right there. And probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes in, my nephew, who's four, comes like slowly walking in the room and just climbs up my lap and just starts watching it. Like he was 
Oh, that's so it. wonderful. Yeah, my niece was still a little like, mm, I don't know not about into that. It, not yeah. into it. Yeah, this is, I would definitely say this is a great film to, if you're a Lord of the Rings parent out there and you're raising your little hob, your little hobbits. <laughs> and you don't want to spend three days watching movies with them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, they're probably not quite ready for Peter Jackson's trilogy and they're not mm-hmm. quite ready to sit down and listen to... 50 pages of Walking in the Shire. The Hobbit by Rankin and Bass is a great introduction. And that's what it that's what it was made for. It was made for children and was from what I understand, it's actually not the first film adaptation of Tolkien's works, which I hope to dive into. I haven't I haven't looked too much into it, but there's some short film mm-hmm. that is apparently like a nightmare fuel adaptation of The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard I've heard tale of that and I have not seen. Uh, I know a lot of this stuff goes back to, you know, like the 60s and Christopher Lee like wanting to play Gandalf and, and like really, you know, hitting the Tolkien estate hard like I want to do it I want to do it I want to do it and they're like yeah back off dude and so he doesn't get to do that 40 years later 40 years later now he's you know Saruman (laughs) he's not getting to play Gandalf but he's you know but he was so perfect in that in that situation yeah Um, so yeah I mean there's a long history and it's you know it's just fascinating and you've read all the books and you watched all the movies so you know that even the writing style is so different from The Hobbit to The Lord of the Rings because um, The Hobbit is being told like somebody telling it by the fireside chat so there will be little asides about this and that and the other thing and it's because it's like telling the story to children it's telling bedtime stories to children right yeah The Lord of the Rings is much more complicated not so much (laughs) not so much Uh, it's it's poor little Frodo right his traumatized heart out before he gets on the boats and goes to the undying lands yes it's uh challenging yeah so it's it's definitely not the one you want to sit down and start reading with your six-year-old like that's not that's probably not but this is one of those things my mom had us read the hobbit to her when we were first kind of learning to read you know books and bigger bigger words and things like that because it's it's still written in a way that kids that age can understand the the concepts of what's going on and she also wanted us to be much more comfortable with reading out loud and being able to you know speak off the cuff and read and speak at the same time which is honestly a skill that not that many people have and comes in incredibly handy when you're a podcaster even if (laughs) even if you don't have a scripted show which we do not we are totally improv so yeah yeah definitely I was I was reading a couple things that Rankin has said about the movie um you know years later after they made it that The Hobbit really lended itself great you know for a great short children you know adapted for children movie because it's just this very low level fantasy quest it's Mm -hmm. not super intense Mm -mm. even though peter jackson tried to make it so (laughs) well if you're gonna do peter jackson level quality of live action you have to get somebody in the seats you know this yeah and, and this again the book is much longer than what the I mean, it has a lot more again walking there's a lot of walking there's a lot of random dialogue and songs there's always a lot of songs in Tolkien's work which <laughs> I tend to zoom right past in the in the books and in the yes, but audio what's so funny for me 
I, I'm the same way reading. I would just kind of mm-hmm. skim. But I enjoyed the songs in this so, so much. Oh, the, the songs in this movie are still some of my favorites of like any movie soundtrack They're ever. So and I know them all and they just run in my head. And all the even time. like the like villain songs and stuff. Goblin are very, Town. Like, that was a great yes. one. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's great. It's great. Yep. <laughs> what a banger. It, it is so good. That's the thing. Like people are like, oh, whatever. No, they're really really good like I remember them all like even the the party song at the beginning is so different than how Jackson's you know movie covers it you know it's much more of an upbeat thing here and this is it's you know it's it's a bop it's a little kids bop yeah exactly not to be confused with the album right kids bop (laughs) um Although if they want to sponsor the show, yeah. um, reach out. I yeah. am not above that. Yeah, this is just such a wonderful like change of pace. Almost for me, like I said, coming off of the Hobbit movies, which were just really dragging it's, on. It's and a my good en- palate cleanser. As was my enjoyment of them, which was wearing very thin. But this is just such a wonderful, delightful film Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't really it doesn't claim to be anything more than it is and of course you know for it being so short there are definitely changes from the book which we will get to um but it's i would say it's a great adaptation in terms of it really conveys it has a lot of that dry humor Mm -hmm. from the hobbit um but it has a lot of that lightheartedness um to the to the quest as well absolutely and it it moves along at a good pace that children can pay attention to because if you're gonna talk it's gonna take six days to get to rivendell from you know the middle of brie or whatever uh i don't have time for that like that's a long that's a lot of walking that's it's way more than a little kid has an attention span so it does really clip along and you get to the good stuff like the walking is boring and the talking is boring for kids but when we get to the action stuff and, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So it's, it's yes. paced really well for, you know, the audience. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I guess speaking of talking, being boring and getting to the action, <laughs> let's, let's dive into the movie. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, Yeah, the uh, pacing, like you said, is it it moves right along. We do have a brief introduction from a narrator, Mm -hmm. I guess. I guess is that Bilbo? I don't I never really stopped to think about because Bilbo does narrate later on. Yeah, it's it's either uh, it's either presumed, I think, to be Bilbo reading from the book or as he's writing Mm -hmm. the book. um, Or it's, again, somebody down the line who has gotten this book the red book from Bilbo or what, you know, they have the history of it and they're telling the story because it really does read more like a fireside chat than just a straight narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, We get some brief exposition about what Middle Earth is and Mm -hmm. all the different uh, peoples and creatures that live there. And then we, of course, get introduced to hobbits and one particular hobbit who lives in a hobbit hole. Um, I so appreciate that a lot of the dialogue, um, narration and dialogue between characters is taken, you know, directly from the book. Mm -hmm. They were very much like Tolkien wrote beautiful words let's use them Mm. um so we you know get that you know in the hole in the ground there was a hobbit and there was a hobbit hole and not a nasty dirty dirty nasty hole hole. yeah right off the bat then we are introduced to gandalf he has quite an entrance (laughs) he is so 
This iterate <laughs> this version of Gandalf, I think, is my favorite. Yeah, he's honestly, so... he just he just really comes and goes as he pleases, and he just shows up at like the right time. But he's just like he, is he lets them get the into true enough meeting yeah. of chaotic good. He is. He really lets them get into enough trouble that they're almost going to have a problem. But yeah, he just literally shows up and like bang like yeah. a magician he just boof, yes out of nowhere yeah he literally just like appears like from behind a tree yep. and just like phases <laughs> in um into existence and then you know bilbo and him talk a bit and then gandalf is like like i am gandalf and gandalf is me and then there's this burst of lightning <laughs> that gotta show so, power we, we've shown that he's so powerful ominous. yeah <laughs> and then all of a sudden, 13 dwarves pop and up then, out of nowhere. Right. To just all of the, yeah, out. Gandalf is like, would you like to go on an adventure? And Bilbo's like, no, thank nope. you. And Gandalf is like, too late. All these dwarves are here. <laughs> so we are, um, it's about two and a half minutes into this movie. Mm-hmm. And all of the dwarves have been introduced. Two and a half minutes into The Hobbit, <laughs> An Unexpected Journey, we are like being They're introduced to the, the Arkenstone right. or something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or like Smaug is attacking or, you know, it's exposition. Yeah. Um, and there's none of that, like in the book, how they enter in one by one. into it's very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I thought I was going to confuse the dwarves in Peter Jackson's <laughs> The Hobbit, I have no clue who, I truly have no clue who any of these dwarves are. I will say that Bomber, you can always tell because he's fat. That's just yeah. how they draw him. He talks in this. He did not talk. I don't think Bomber has a single actual he might- word in yeah the i mean he makes noises and he eats stuff and whatever and they laugh but i don't think he actually speaks at all in peter jackson stuff so in this one he does just a little bit but these dwarves and and this is why when they announced the casting and they started showing like early pictures of what thorin and balin and all of these dwarves were going to look like in peter jackson's i thought they looked more like klingons than dwarves because i'm used to these dwarves that look more like a snow white dwarf right yeah and actually that's what came to mind watching this oh i should we should also bring up like i mean it's kind of hard given that this is a audio podcast and i'm trying to just describe some visuals Mm -hmm. but um bilbo just kind of looks like a short stout you know person with you know hobbit feet um and gandalf you know looks like gandalf exactly like what you would imagine a (laughs) wizard looks like and yeah the dwarves because i guess um at this point snow white and the seven dwarves was you know the main point of reference for animated dwarves Mm -hmm. and i think they did a really good job of making these dwarves where they are they're different enough from the snow white dwarves that they're not just like copying and pasting um and they you know and they had to make 13 of them and so they do at least um like when they're all together it's hard to distinguish them but when they're doing like their little introductions Mm -hmm. they are there are you know differing characteristics for them um and i think they did a a fairly good job of making them look you know they're different from bilbo Mm -hmm. because the dwarves are also small um and they're different from gandalf and they're different from the from the elrond elves and the wood elves Mm. which we'll talk about you know Mm -hmm. so they did they did a great job of distinguishing all these different um 
peoples and, and races. Yeah, absolutely. We have our, our dinner scene just like in oh wait, actually, sorry, I need to I need to rewind. So there has it's been a point of contention between me and my friend Ethan about the pronunciation of Gimli's father's name. Gloin. I maintain sorry, say <laughs> that again. Gloin. Gloin. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. He maintains it's like glowing. Glowin. That's they almost say it like that in this movie a little bit. Yes. It is more, a little more pronounced. So um, yeah, I I go will, with. Yeah. I will give Ethan the point here. They do say like glowing and on. Mm-hmm. However, they also pronounce like the rest of the names really weirdly because they mm-hmm. uh, they also say boffer. Yep, and it's like bomber. Owen, sir, and glowing, sir. Call him Biffa and him Baffa. And uh, Bamboo. Well, there's a little bit of oh, accent. They also say, that's they also say in smog well. instead of, yes. you know, smog. I always said smog, even though, because of this. Because <laughs> that's, that's how we grew up. And I now I yeah. know smog. And it just sounds weird. It sounds pretentious weird, you know? But that's, that's how I yeah. feel whenever um, I say Bjorn. Because reading it, it's Bayorn. Yeah. And even in the mo- in Peter Jackson's, they say Bayorn. Mm-hmm. And that's total. That's like a totally accurate thing. But when I was read, I think I was listening. I must have been listening to the audiobook or something. Mm-hmm. And I got Bjorn in my head. And so I feel like whenever I say it, I'm sounding pretentious. <laughs> that's, that <laughs> you know? just sounds to me like, like those Bjorn. little those little baby carriers that know, you wear on your chest. I think the about little baby that's Bjorn. immediately what comes to mind too. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the Bayorn stuff. Like he's that's a it's a good little aside. It's not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. We will get there. Oh, oh, don't you worry. Um, so, yeah, we have the dinner scene. Bilbo is, of course, very worked up about it. Mm-hmm. And songs. Same Listeners, song. It's there the are so many songs. This is where we get like our first. That's yes, what our first Baggins little ditty. Hates. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. So carefully, carefully with the plates. You're it's welcome. so delightful. Right <laughs> and the way that they're just like interwoven into it doesn't feel necessarily Mm -hmm. random when they happen it's just part of the storytelling it doesn't make it feel like a musical like that's like my niece hates it when movies like burst into song she's like i hate musicals but you this you don't even recognize it because it's even the like traveling the the greatest adventure song that kind of runs through all of their walking kind of it reminds me of the Oregon Trail you know when you're walking in the Oregon maybe you're too young for the Oregon Trail but the no, no, I know. <laughs> walking down the Oregon Trail there's some kind of like theme music for walking and that's that's kind of what this was but it it almost just fades in the background like I had to really listen to it when I rewatched it a couple of different times. And I was like, oh, that is the same music. It's the same song that they have in Peter Jackson's version. It's just the tempo is different and the way that they are using it for emphasis is very different. You know, Mm -hmm. because again, this is very much background music to whatever's going on in the scene, which, you know, they're they're kind of doing they're just eating. They're not tossing them around like they, you know, they did in the movie or the other movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> there will probably be a lot of that. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Thorne is like, so I assume we all know why we're here. And Bilbo's like, um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Not even a little. No. So then Thorne goes into the backstory about what happened with Erebor and Smaug. This is how I 
would have preferred Peter Jackson's movie to go rather than opening with that exposition. I just really so badly wanted. I know we had to get Elijah Wood and Ian Holman for those first (laughs) five minutes to be like, please don't walk out the theater yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, There is a tie in. (laughs) I really would have preferred for it to just open straight up with, you know, in a hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. And then there's Martin Freeman, Bilbo, and we go right into the story. And then at dinner time, Thorin explains what happened to them with Smaug. And this is where we get the Misty Mountain song. Mm -hmm. Very different from the other version. (laughs) Very different. But both are are still very somber and beautiful in their own right, you know. They're good. We see in flashbacks the, you know, Smaug uh, attacking Erebor and attacking Dale. Bilbo says so I assume I'm meant to go get this treasure and Gandalf is like yep and Bilbo goes (laughs) he does he has a little faint is this the adventure you've planned for me to help you recapture the gold none other it's adorable it's so funny Mm. oh my god I There is so much like that. that, That's just these little quips of humor that as a kid, I never would have even paid attention to. But watching it again yesterday, I was like, oh, my gosh, that the little faint is just but he does. He's like, eek. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of collapses. His little shriek. Oh, it's so so good. Yeah. Um, And uh, everything, you know, kind of goes how how we remember the story to go. However, there is an addition that Bill uh, Gandalf says, oh, well, the reason we're taking Bilbo is because 13 is an unlucky number right. and we need a 14th. And I love that, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great Exp- and it's more of an explanation than we ever really got of like, so why Bilbo? Why do we need a hobbit? You know, there it's there's always been like, there was never a point where Gandalf was outright like, yeah. oh, well, the reason we're doing this and we're taking this other person is because. Well, and it's like the dwarves are like, we're on board with this in this version. Like, they, we know why we're here. We're here to get this guy because he'll be lucky 14. And... That's fine. But like the other movie, they're like, well, why is he? Why him? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like the, yeah. they spend the whole movie like, why the Hobbit? It it never comes up again. Like it's just yeah. literally like he's here so that we don't have this. He's pretty small. You don't want to call yourself a burglar. You can call yourself an expert treasure hunter, which, yeah. You know, and Bilbo's like, yeah, that sounds like, a that's lot better. more respectable. Yeah. Which, that- um, that's a lot like when you have maybe like two or three, like maybe you have like a babysitting job and maybe you were like a dog walker in your neighborhood and you're trying to, you know, spice up your resume right. applying for, let's <laughs> say so you're like, um, I was a customer liaison. I <laughs> led large group meetings. We did training sessions. Uh, like there's. Yes. <laughs> and you don't specify that uh-huh, it was with yeah. dogs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I worked in HR for years. We got those resumes <laughs> a lot. I'm like, all right. So this one was a babysitter. This one worked for the Girl Scouts. Like, <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. This one's never had a job ever. <laughs> and Bilbo's an expert treasure hunter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No experience. Absolutely no experience. And then Bilbo signs the contract and goes to bed. And we have very like classic for old movies, how it's a long credit sequence mm-hmm. leading up to the, the title the, card dropping. The song comes in. The Greatest Adventure yes. song. Yeah. The Greatest Adventure what lies ahead today and tomorrow are yet to be said so the greatest adventure is the only song that they wrote 
new lyrics for. Everything else comes from, at least in some form, from Tolkien's Mm -hmm. works. The majority of it come in some fashion from The Hobbit, whether they, like, you know, pulled it from, oh, well, this happens at the end of this chapter, but we're going to put it in this part of the story here. Or it will come from, you know, something else that he wrote. But, um, yeah, again, using all of those wonderful things that Tolkien wrote, because they know Mm -hmm. that, like, hey, he wrote... He, he writes good. Yeah. He, <laughs> Let's he, use he it. He makes good words. We like his good words. We just um, but yeah, this up. little greatest adventure song is still, you know, it's very delightful and it definitely, you know, fits in with the other songs very well, t- uh, very yeah, well, too. All of the songs in this are, I mean, the Misty Mountain one is a little bit reverent and, you know, quiet. All the rest of them are jaunty. They are yes, very, very much jaunty, jaunty the songs. Yeah. They are. They are upbeat and they are happy. And I mean, even when their goblin town is singing, like it's still, it is a jam. It's just, yeah. <laughs> there's a definite vibe with the, uh, with the songs in this movie. They're great. Yeah. And there's so, um, and it was before I learned that Rankin and Bass did all of those, you know, holiday specials and other, you know, TV children's mm-hmm. specials. But now making that connection and not necessarily where I'm like, oh, yeah, that song sounds similar to this other song. But mm-hmm. it is very like just just songs coming in and out is just very reminiscent of like a lot of these things that I watched when I was a kid mm-hmm. and a lot of these, you know, older um specials and and tv shows and movies and stuff Mm -hmm, exactly they don't make them like they used to (laughs) bilbo goes off with no fuss very different from in the book and movie you know Mm -hmm. he the next morning they wake up and gandalf is like all right hop on my horse then he gets on the horse and they're off and that's it Mm -hmm. yeah there's no (laughs) No hesitation yeah he does he does make a comment uh, as they're traveling you know no comforts no pillow no pocket handkerchief so he he does Of course, we got to mention yeah, the handkerchief. It's important to mention in every single adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yep. He does not have a handkerchief. It's, it's yeah. important enough to write. It's important enough to mention. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Bilbo's not having a great time on this adventure. At one point, he realizes that Gandalf is not with... or Gandalf, He's like, how did Gandalf get to the front of the right. group? He was behind <laughs> us. And one of the dwarves says, that's, sh- that's just Gandalf. He comes and goes as he pleases. Yeah. Just makes me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate this version of Gandalf just so, so, so much. He just F's the hell off. He just out. He just gone. And they, they don't even notice. It's not like he walks away or he says, I'm going somewhere. No, he's just literally not there anymore. And we don't see any poofing of it. No, there's no, there's none he's of that. He's just gone. He's just gone. Yeah. They're, but they don't realize it until they're like in trouble or we're about to get into trouble. And they're like, where's Gandalf? Yes. Like, oh, meh, who knows? He's a wizard. He's gone. Yeah. He does he's a wizard. Thing. That's just, that's literally just the explanation. It's just, mm-hmm. he's a wizard. Mm-hmm. What can you expect? Yeah. <laughs> he's riding in the Cimmerillion right now. Like that's, that's what's happening. He's gone to yeah. do other things <laughs> in another book. It's fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And then, oh, this is another moment where when the dwarf is like, ah, he's a wizard. And you look at Gandalf and then there's more like just lightning mm-hmm. striking by. 
<laughs> oh, I, yeah. When they get into this next one, because this is when they, they come into, they're in the woods, right? And so they're right, hungry yeah. and they're tired and they, what is that? Oh, trolls. They're right there. Just, why don't you go over there and steal some of that meat? Because you know what sounds delicious? Troll cooked Troll meat. meat. That Yum. sounds delightful. I would love, I bet we have the same palate and I am going to go take their food and eat it. I guess if you're hungry enough, you I know. Yes. But also, Bilbo says, Where the deuce is Gandalf? Where the deuce is Gandalf? And I don't know why, that just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he says a lot of little Where weird the deuce words. Is Gandalf. <laughs> a lot of strange little words. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, they see the trolls. These are very creepily designed, especially the troll that has the tusks. Yep. Yep. Very creepy. But also, I will note that, like, not really too much any of the villains. You know, they're obviously monsters or creatures of some kind, but they're not designed so scary. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, this is an ugly creature. I mean, we we grew up with a lot of really interesting things, especially like, I'm late 70s, early 80s when we start watching these movies. Like, I was having this conversation with my dad last night. He's like, oh, this movie's like PG-13. The kids shouldn't be watching it. I was like, this movie is not even rated. This is not. I was like, we watched this when we were like four years old. Don't even mess with me. He's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, all the time. Ask mom. And, and he just he just couldn't couldn't grasp that that this is the thing. And I'm like, do you know what other movie my mom rented from the library all the time? Watership Down. Have you seen it? <laughs> it's horrifying. It is the most violent thing I've ever seen in animation in my life. And I've seen a lot of really weird stuff. So it's like we were watching that as little kids, too. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in junior high and I'm watching this movie about a book. They just expected us Gen X kids to, like, learn and deal with it. This is what a troll looks like. He's going to eat a billy goat on a bridge. This is is the realities of life. It's harsh realities. The world is full of trolls. And you just have to deal with it. And they don't like sunlight. So if you break a rock... They're done. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Bilbo goes to sneak over and do some bur- burglaring. <laughs> They're like, go burgle something. I think yeah. they tell him uh, that at some by point. By the way, I love the use. I love when burgle uh-huh. is used as a verb. I don't know why. <laughs> go burgle something. It's just something. a fun word. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and when he's caught, he's immediately like, dwarves, come save me. <laughs> no, no. He's like, dwarves, I'm done for. Save yourselves, is what he says. Because I'm like, really? Just right away, Bilbo. He's like, I'm toast. Go, run. And, but they're like, no. And but I think they actually were like, okay. And the, but the trolls I caught kinda, them. And, like, well, I kind of watched that. Like, wow, Bilbo like immediately gave them away. Oh yeah, gave them right up. away. And just just because then the trolls go chasing after the dwarves mm-hmm. and they get them. Um, they get stuffed in sacks. And yeah, again, this is you know where they're like Gandalf, hello. Right. And he just just bursts in in typical Gandalf fashion, the you know, just always dramatic. Yes, it's very dramatic. And again, lightning. There's lots of oh my like, god, rays always. behind he's him. He's so dramatic. He is dramatic. Gotta love it. It's like he's got the best like pyrotechnics. Just, just so to, good. You know what? That's just the way I want to enter rooms from now. I, I just want boom, like lightning, and here I am, like just from from now on. That's what I'm gonna do. I know. If there was, if there was only a way to do that. After they are rescued, they find the troll cave and get, you know, treasure and stuff. And then Gandalf is just like, well, I guess this is the point where I need to move the plot along mm-hmm. and pulls out a map 
that uh, Thorin's dad had given him a hundred years ago. And Thorin's like, why haven't I had this? And Gandalf says, I've chosen to right. give you this in my own time. <laughs> I, it's it's mine now. And I didn't want to give it to you before. And I didn't want to track yeah, you like, down. Well, I didn't want to have to track you down. That's I decided... I owned the map. Mm -hmm. I decided when to give it to you, and I am deciding to give it to you now. So that's Mm -hmm. it. He's like, but there's secret letters on here, and we don't know what they are. If only Elrond was around, he could tell us these things, but I don't think he is. (laughs) And boom, now we're in Rivendell. I know, yeah. Um, (laughs) I do uh, appreciate that Bilbo pops up and is like, oh, I love maps. And so they give him, this is something that they don't, do doesn't really happen in the book or in Peter Jackson's mm-hmm. movies where like Bilba has this extra skill that like oh that actually is useful on this journey and that makes a lot of sense too mm-hmm. for hobbits that would be you know locked away in their libraries probably yeah, very you know, history would, minded genealogy minded stuff, exactly. you know yeah. so that makes sense and Gandalf also gives Thorin a key and says keep it secret keep it safe just kidding he just says <laughs> he keep it secret say, yeah. or keep it safe he says I think he just says keep it safe <laughs> Like, put it in your pocket and don't lose it. <laughs> and so, yes, they go to Rivendell. We get singing elves, guys. Yeah. This is something that does not happen in the movies. This is, this is something that uh, when I was a kid, I, I could not understand because I know the word homely to be like not that pretty or plain or whatever. But when they're talking about Elrond's house here in Rivendell, they call it the last homely house. And I think they mentioned it in this movie as well, The Last Homely House uh, here in Rivendell. And I'm just like, what the hell does that even mean? (laughs) I don't know what it means. I think it's just like, I don't know. It was very weird. It was like, here's the last habitable house before you walk into the wild. I guess. All right, let's see. Homely. Okay, here we go. Well, that's why. So North American means unattractive in appearance british means simple but cozy and comfortable there you go so So. that explains it perfectly Mm -hmm. yeah elrond has this amazing floating crown of stars (laughs) i love it it's so good elfish like he's He's, you know, he's got the elf thing going on. I mean, it's not, yes. I mean, he's no Hugo note, Weaving. However, but... he does have a beard and we yes. have not seen elves with beards, but it's it's not like a dwarf beard or anything. I think it's like a little yeah. goatee or then something. There's, there's no hostility between the dwarves and the elves in yeah, this no at all. Hints They're just like, of, we're here you know, for dwarf, dinner. Elf, whatever. <laughs> we don't have time for that in this version. No. We're not going to teach we're ten the minutes children in. of the 70s <laughs> to have feuds. I think we're at, only 10 know, minutes it's in when they get to Rivendell's. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, this is like 15 it. minutes in, listeners. Yeah. The movie books uh, it. That's probably like an hour and a half into Unexpected Journey is when they At get to least. Rivendell. Elrond pulls uh, out the, the map to read the moon letters. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being by the last light of Durin's Day, no, it's just by just... the last light of the setting sun. We're not going to complicate matters with what's Durin's well, like, Day. You don't when have to it, get there you know? by a certain time. Just It's just at dusk. That's when, yeah. Yeah, it's when you're going to do it. And it was... <laughs> I always found it incredibly convenient that you just happen to show up on the one day that that moon is in and you I can know, read your... right. Right. very helpful. Well, so. I will say Bilbo does literally say in this movie later on, 
how convenient. (laughs) So it it literally was just, Bilbo says so many, this Bilbo, I mean, says so many things that I'm like, that just summarizes. Well, it doesn't. It's like what I'm thinking in my head too. They're like, this is madness. Why, why are we doing this? Like, this is, this is a terrible idea. And they're like, nah, it's great. Let's do it. (laughs) It's fine. We're just doing what we're doing. No questions asked. Don't you worry. It's like the little meme with the dog. Everything's on fire. It's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're in Rivendell and out of Rivendell in a flash. Mm-hmm. Um and they are traveling again in a tunnel. Um and Bilbo's having some nightmares and what I find is so funny is that his nightmares are not of you know, like he just encountered trolls, mm-hmm. you know? Um but he is having a dream of the dwarves back in <laughs> his dishes. hobbit hole like throwing the plates around. <laughs> so I found that amusing that like that's the thing that like is keeping him up at night. Well the thing I love about hobbits is that they are very resilient and that's 100% what Bilbo would have been dreaming about. They yeah, they just yeah. it's just like one of those people who's just and not that they are this but like you know like a trauma victim basically just shuts down on on negative things and they just like don't remember it anymore. It's like it's all gone. I don't I don't have that 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 was horrible so you know what i'm just i'm just dumping that piece of information and i'm going back to when these dwarves were throwing around my mother's china that's true he's like i know we just encountered trolls but you know what else happened yeah um dwarves it's gonna stick with me at my house yeah (laughs) um uh once again (laughs) i just love this line it says (coughs) this is bilba i think saying it Where's Gandalf? Gone again. Mm. I wish I was a wizard. <laughs> He's like, I wish I was like, I need a pillow. This this sucks. I'm here in the oh. ground. Like <laughs> He complains so a good. lot. <laughs> so good. He's like, I don't want to um, be here. Then a crack opens up and listeners the ponies get taken i'm so this was the most upsetting news Mm -hmm. for me to read in the book peter this is like one of peter jackson's greatest changes from the book is that the ponies in unexpected journey run off Mm -hmm. uh, at some point in some battle before rivendell even so we don't have to deal with like the goblins taking the ponies and eating them yeah no um we don't see them be eaten but the ponies are taken here and I, I I wrote down not the ponies and then Bilbo's exact next line is the ponies the ponies and I'm like we are on the same page my friend Absolutely. I appreciate that the fun thing about Bilbo is that he is the everyman character like they he is not magical he is not strong he is not all of these things that these other races are he's he, you know he's the one that we can relate to right as yes. as everyday people who aren't superheroes or whatever it's like this is what i would be thinking where's my pillow somebody stole my pony where's gandalf like where has he gone that is annoying there's um there's a line that bilbo has in the battle of five armies Mm -hmm. when they're they're talking about the another orc army coming up as a second wave and they're like it's coming from the north and bilbo goes where is north exactly (laughs) i'm like yes thank you Uh i'm like i don't know what that is it to the left or the right that's all i got yeah is it what point (laughs) point please Mm -hmm. i don't know where i am like i don't have a compass like, yeah, what? like we mentioned earlier, this Goblin Town. Oh yeah, song comes in. It's so yeah, oh, it's very oh, jaunty and upbeat. Oh oh my land. Oh oh my land. Oh oh 
Um, and so even though we see our main characters, you know, in in a troubling situation, mm-hmm. it's very much like they're not in that much trouble because everyone's singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to take some of the trauma out of these things that are happening for you yeah. know for the small children so that they can sleep after the movie's over. They can you know, and they do that. They're like, oh, they're just going to Goblin Town. They'll, they'll probably get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a vi- it's very brief, it very is. brief. But it, it has all of the stuff that the Goblin King, who's like, oh my god, that sword. I know that sword. It's gonna stab me in the face. And oh, there's another sword. Oh my gosh, it kills goblins. Yeah. So there was that. Um, I love. Not that I don't. I mean, I love every entrance that Gandalf has. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all. They're all. This great. one's the um, best, y- though. It's a. It's. It's a He-Man entrance. Oh my god, it's just so wonderfully dramatic and over the top. Of course, um, right is literally like Thor. I th- I guess it's supposed to be any time like a dwarf is talking. I kind of just assume it's Thorin, um, <laughs> and the Goblin King has his like mouth all the way around Thorin's head and is about to chomp it off. Right as the lights are extinguished, Gandalf, of course, bursts in and there's just like flashes of lights everywhere. And you hear, yeah, that sword. I know that sword. Mm -hmm. They escape and Bilbo, who is being carried on the backs of one of the dwarves, gets like knocked off of a a tunnel yeah Yeah. and he like falls down another way and this is a difference from the book where not a single person in the book notices that Mm -hmm. Bilbo is gone for like two days you know they didn't get through that mountain in a day (laughs) this Mm -hmm. one dwarf does at least go like Bilbo no and then we have what I would just classify as an act break it feels Mm -hmm. very much like it because it cuts to black and the music is dramatic and this it's very much where the commercial would have been put in for yes, the made for yeah. TV situation. And that's what was so funny watching it the first time. There are, you know, a couple more. I don't think this is the first commercial break mm-hmm. that we've had at this point. I think there's one or, one or two before this. But I was like, was this made for TV or something? Right. It, it was made for TV. Yeah. <laughs> Next is Gollum. All I can see is that was an interesting cho- <laughs> choice they made. Um, He looks very much like a frog. He is very froggy in this movie. And, you know, the whole thing is like, and they don't really talk about Gollum or where he comes from in The Hobbit. He's just this little creature or, you know, little hobbit-like creature or he's the same size or whatever. They don't really go into it like they do in the other, you know, the other book. And so they just, they just drew what would live underground. Like that makes sense to me that this little frog guy would be down there. Would be in this, with this like little lake. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking like maybe because he's in the goblin tunnels, he looks a little bit similar to the goblins Mm -hmm. who are also kind of like frog, reptilian, toadish somewhat. Did you, you notice know. all the goblin bones laying about? Oh, I don't think I noticed oh, that. Oh, yeah, now. there's but there's <laughs> there's literally one that has it's a goblin skull and it's got the horns. Like it's just just the skull. And when he goes to his little island and is looking around and he's you he's tossing things around, it's like bones. It's literally goblin bones. Like, oh, I totally <laughs> missed that. I'll have to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bilbo, meanwhile, is my, because earlier in the movie, Gandalf told him, like, anytime you get scared, just think of happy. He literally just like pulls straight out of Peter Pan, basically, mm-hmm. and is th- think of happy little thoughts. This whole time, Bilbo is muttering under his breath, like, bacon, 
warm <laughs> toast books. Yep. My armchair. Yeah, all yeah. the things. And he sees something shining on the floor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How um, convenient. And I love this. He, he picks up and he's like, huh, a souvenir. Uh, I did it. I This is something my friends pointed out to me once years ago that when I say sou- souvenir, uh-huh. I say it, I almost say it with a Z at the beginning. Zouvenir. Like souvenir. <laughs> so I'm always really self-conscious of it. <laughs> anyway, he says, oh, a souvenir mm-hmm. for when I go back and I can show all my neighbors and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I was actually thinking about that at this point. Like it does not even occur to him that this ring might belong to someone. Like he's just like, oh ring for me put it in my pocket and then when Gollum's like where's my thing he's like I wonder what he could be looking for I know like (laughs) when he meets Gollum 27 seconds later it does not even cross his mind that Oh, is this yours? Like, Maybe this was yeah, yours. Like he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't even think about it. He was very much finders keepers. Yeah, this this movie was a lot of finding keeping. So yes, Gollum comes over, and Bilbo. He's so very casual and like calm, cool, collected in this scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas he's very scared and nervous in the book and Peter Jackson's version. Yeah, but he's like, watch out now! I've got an elven sword, <laughs> and then. Gollum steps back and he's like, that's better. You know? <laughs> he is. He's very much just in ah, ah, ah. Like, don't come any closer. So um, so they play the riddle game. Um, It only goes back and forth a few times before we get the classic, what have I got in my pocket? Mm. Gollum, of course, doesn't know. He freaks out and is like, well, okay, I guess you won. Let me go back to my island and I'll, I don't know, get something. And Bilbo's just I gotta show you like, my birthday present. I found right, it yeah. long ago on my birthday, is what he says. Which is so, I totally forgot that, you know, the concept of like, this was my birthday present. The this claiming is what of the I... ring and like, this is my ownership of it. It was a birthday present. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I definitely didn't murder my no. best friend no, for it. That didn't what? happen. No. Um, and yeah, Gollum obviously realizes it's gone. Meanwhile, Bilbo is still like on the little shore, just kind of like, I don't know, twiddling his mm-hmm. thumbs like, hmm, I wonder what this ring does. <laughs> Puts it on. He turns invisible. Um, I love the little sound effect that they have for the ring. Um, I'll try to insert it here, but it's very fun. It is fun. It's it's very much a Saturday morning Hanna-Barbera cartoon noise like that. Yes, is 100%, lots of like cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so he pulls out Sting because, you know, they don't even talk about the fact that it glows when the, you know, the goblins, they don't call right, it orcs. Yeah, they it's don't, just glowing. They don't talk about for orcs. Whatever they talk about goblins in this movie because mm-hmm. it's a more understandable concept and i think in the book they they did or they may have mentioned so in the it, book but... they're technically it is goblins yeah. but from what i've been told when tolkien like the what he was writing about with the goblins he later on mm-hmm. or whatever people were like well actually it really was orcs yeah i think he goes in in the lord of the rings or like legolas or somebody is like well orcs is that's elvish for you know it's actually elfish yeah, something with like an that. F. Right, right, so, yeah. yeah. I've read these books a lot. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, Christopher Tolkien, you just it's let so me fun, know. You know. It's so funny. I've been talking about this universe now for um, two years. And it's so funny because I've, you know, like, I've only read the books once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only read them the one time. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen the mo- movies um, one or two times. Well, I never um, actually read The Lord of the Rings until... Uh, Fellowship of the Ring came out. So, like, I had read The Hobbit growing up, 
many times, mm-hmm. but I I had never because and I, I'm not going to talk to. I don't want to do any spoilers for it, but we had seen the animated Lord of the Rings, the the right, the one yeah. that's yeah, and it's it was not my bag. I'm just gonna say that, so I didn't <laughs> want to like pursue it further. My brother had read the books and things like that, and I was just like, eh, like I just yeah, wasn't. It didn't yeah. pique your interest. It didn't, at but all. fellowship, um, fellowship did. absolutely did, and so I immediately yeah. went out and got the books and read them and through the whole tale of years, like the whole here's forty seven thousand pages of appendices and all the things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my husband like will debate me on stuff because he's he's a big <laughs> Tolkien nerd, and I'm like, when is the last time you read? these and at the time we had this conversation he's like i mean i was like 13 i'm like don't even mess with me i read it once a year <laughs> like <laughs> don't even um so. yeah my my memory on a lot of the things in the book is definitely not as fresh as it was because now it's been now over a year since i it's been two years since i started them it's been over a year since i finished mm-hmm. them um and um however i will say the one thing that i am like no i know what i'm talking about is when people try to talk to me about the extended editions of lord of the rings Mm. because i watched the extended editions i put the theatrical edition on one screen Mm -hmm. and the extended edition on another and i synced them up Mm -hmm. um and then i would pause the theatrical edition when there was new content on the extended edition so i know exactly what is (laughs) and isn't in the extended editions Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Well, if you get the DVD version or the Blu-ray version, there are 14,000 discs that come along with it that give you probably 150 hours worth of documentary oh, yeah. style I haven't all even, the things. I haven't even begun to to watch a single. I have watched them What's all. funny to me is that like the commentaries, there's like four different versions mm-hmm. of the commentary. Mm-hmm. My favorite <laughs> is when it's uh, Billy Boyd and Dominic. Monahan doing that. Right. They are so funny. So. They're so great. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, if you haven't, listen, definitely go listen to their podcast, The Friendship Onion, because they're just so obviously like just Mary and Pippin couldn't have been, you know, better cast. Yeah, they they're were just fantastic. such a great, they just have such great, you know, chemistry and energy with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? Gollum. <laughs> yeah, Gollum. Uh, All right, Bilbo's he, just put the um, ring on. Puts on the ring, turns invisible, noting, however, that the the sword does not turn invisible it with him. Not. But all his clothes do. Only when he do. sheaths it. Yeah, his clothes do. So interesting <laughs> choice of like, I don't know, the physics of the ring. I think you know, it's because the the... You know the the sting blade or his dagger at this point he hasn't named it. It glows, and so this is his only light source in this cave. And so it makes sense that the light would pass through this. I think. I guess. You know, yeah. But it's it is it is very convenient, and it's also like, hey, didn't Gandalf just pull this trick three minutes ago in the Goblin Kings? Like, because it was just like the glowing <laughs> sword spinning. Yeah, that is so. true. Yeah, does Gandalf have a ring up his sleeve too? perhaps Gollum like sneaks past him and is like oh he must have gone out and like we said Bilbo takes the ring off and then like puts it back on and he says how convenient (laughs) follow the leader (laughs) so he uh yeah so he leaves uh and gets out because he follows Gollum it's so funny because I don't think it's so much in the book but definitely in Peter Jackson's version this moment where Bilbo is invisible Mm -hmm. and he's leaving and he's seeing Gollum it's a very like poignant this Bilbo is like he says something like ta-ta he does he jumps (laughs) over him and he's like like (laughs) <laughs> He's very and much like, oh, can't finders keepers, you can't find me. 
person. <laughs> There's been very few moments of the animation or anything so far where I'm like, oh, I don't like that. This moment where it zooms in on Gollum's eyes that are like Broggy. shaking yeah, with he's anger. Yeah, so angry. Ugh. And he's just screaming thief at the top of his lungs. So. Yeah, do not like that. Mm-hmm. Do not like that moment. We cut to Bilbo sitting with the dwarves and Gandalf catching up and telling them what happened. And he's like, so I just followed him out. And mm-hmm. then I'm assuming it was Thorin. Thorin says... Oh, well, we had to fight our way out of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, oh, we fought our way. You got the easy route. It's like, yeah. okay. And they're like, how did? How were you not even seen anyway? And Bilbo's like, I'm just really good at burglaring. And Gandalf says, uh, yeah. your story rings true. It has a ring, of, ring truth of truth to it. The and they're like, I think he truth. even winks. He does. And it's like, all right, Gandalf, we get it. You yeah. know that he has a magic ring <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> the... I'm getting all my creatures confused. Wargs. The goblins come out on wargs. Mm-hmm. They might just be wolves here. I don't no, remember. No, they're wargs. They they say it. They because they scream it and they run up trees. So oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, and so they this run up to one the of trees. My Another song. Favorite songs in the whole movie. Because <laughs> I just. Every time somebody says something like, what do you do? That my brain immediately goes, with the funny little things. Oh, what can they do with the funny little things? Like every single time. And I'm like, <laughs> just, it's ingrained. I can't help it. It's a, it's yes, a disorder. It's very, it's, another yeah. one of these upbeat, jaunty Very jaunty songs. murder song. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Oh, what shall we do with the funny little things? Oh, what shall we do with the funny little things? They are ready, ready to unalive them all over the place. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, it's it is a jaunty tune. And Gandalf is now, you know, in the movie, in the Peter Jackson movie, he's like lights these cones on fire and throws them. In this one, he's literally just picking like those those spiky balls that you know fall off trees and you right, step on yeah. them and they're horrible. He's just throwing those and they explode. Like that's <laughs> just. I would argue this Gandalf is more powerful mm-hmm. than yeah. any of the other versions of Gandalf we see in Peter Jackson's mm-hmm. films. Yeah. They're like, we do not have the special effects budget to give Gandalf all the lightning that he wants. Like, we can dim the lights once. That's, that's as far as we're going. So he can get a right. deep voice. That's 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 the power. It's in the voice. That's it. So the so. eagles swoop in and save them. Out of nowhere. It's not like they yeah. called them. No, the, they just, they show, just up show up and they drop them off at the edge of Mirkwood. I enjoyed this explanation of like, why are the eagles so loyal to Gandalf? Um, mm-hmm. One of the main eagle says like, I have never forgotten the day I was injured and you healed me. Um, Took the arrow out of my wing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like. I appreciate like these very brief explanations that this movie is giving us to some like gaps in information that we have from you know, somebody, the book. <laughs> somebody, one, Rankin or Bass were sitting around the conference table talking about, well, what do we do? And they're like, you know what? My three-year-old is going to say, but where did the eagles come from? Or why are the eagles right. doing this? Why like, are they just, there? Why is that there? And so we need some sort of explanation for this. And I don't remember if that is in the book, to be honest. I, I I really don't. I've not, I think the, like, I think they just show up. I think Gandalf just knows that there are eagles. Yeah. I think it's speak. I think it's explained that like the eagles are also enemies of the goblins, and so when yeah. the goblins come out and attack, the eagles maybe come they, out and attack maybe too. Maybe they've got a homing beacon yeah. on the. I don't know. Or they might have just been out hunting. In yeah. <laughs> get it? Be- yes. Beak and okay. Moving on. Um. <laughs> um. We go straight into Mirkwood next, and this. 
infuriates me because they completely cut out uh, Bayorn. Mm-hmm. Completely yeah. cut him out. There's nothing. And he was my favorite chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was absolutely distraught to see The Hobbit because, you know, you're like, oh, they turned this tiny book into three movies. Mm-hmm. Surely they've kept in every single little detail from the book and they've expanded upon it 10 times for to make these three movies. No, they cut out, they cut so much of Bayorn stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, surely in this like quirky little animated movie that's very like fun and friendly, this like bear man with... <laughs> He has animals <laughs> that serve them that walk around on their hind legs mm-hmm. and like would have been surely... perfect for a children's movie. Yes, like, exactly. No, no, he was. Cut. They, we do not have time for that. We have spent too long dilly dallying around with the goblins. And now we have got to be on our way oh. <laughs> into Mirkwood. It absolutely broke my heart, broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gandalf is telling them instructions and Thorin is like, it sounds like you're not going to be with us. And he's like, that's right. And he says, I have business to attend to. And he says, I, and I'm already late because I've spent too long bothering with you people. Exactly. It's like, this is your quest. But it's like, nope. (laughs) And then he says, my absolute favorite thing ever. My God. So he gives Bilbo a map and some paper and stuff. And he's like, keep notes of your journey and what you do. And, you know, take note of where you go so that when we meet up again, I can point out all your mistakes. you did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a Gandalf thing to say or do. I love it. He straight up just disappears. Yeah. It's not like, oh, no. like we cut to Bilbo looking at the map and then we cut back in. Nope. He literally like fades away yep. <laughs> and is gone. Yep. He's just gone. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. So great. Um, So they they walk through the forest. Of course, it's dark and dreary. Um, at one point, they decide to send someone up a tree, and Bilbo's narration is great because um, they're like, Natu- "Like naturally, we had to send someone up a tree, and unfortunately, my contract is vague on several <laughs> <It> points." <is. laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, the contract literally said uh, the funeral expenses, one fourteenth share, and funeral expenses if necessary." Like that was the the, the contract they showed him at yeah. the party at his house. And it was like, like, my contract is very vague. <laughs> yeah, so I I guess I had to climb up the tree. So he climbs up the tree. We have another um, beautiful moment when he looks at all the, the butterflies around him. It's a very peaceful, wonderful moment. And then it's, it goes from zero to 100 immediately mm-hmm. because it's like him up here in the treetops looking at you know, the daylight and the butterflies. And he's like, and I wondered if I would ever see my hobbit hole again. (laughs) And then he's asleep and then he wakes up and then it's like, suddenly I woke up and I was encased in a bunch of webs. (laughs) (laughs) I looked around and all my friends are, they're all tied up. Yeah. So So he springs into action, saves everyone, of course. The spiders in this movie are hilarious. Like they, they just have like weird little dialogue and just strange faces that are slightly furry. I don't know. It's it's just very yeah. funny. So. Fun fact, there are no female characters depicted anywhere nope. in this film except for the spiders, mm-hmm. which are female or voiced by females. Yep. 
<laughs> so that's it. That's our representation. That's, yep. that's that is why we ended up with uh, Tariel in Peter Jackson. I know. I know. He's at like, least, I gotta find Peter a lady like, somewhere. We gotta figure out something we to do here. Gotta put one lady in this movie. Meanwhile, as Bilbo's like fighting some mm-hmm. spiders and leading them off, the dwarves are being captured by the wood elves, oh my God. Wood elves. which look like gremlins. Why? I was like, why don't they look anything like the elves from Rivendell? Like they're they're right? like blue. They're very um, I guess like pixie, like short torsos and really long legs, not human faces at all. Just maybe I would even say like wood nymph esque. So maybe they were leaning more on like the wood yeah. part of the wood I, elves. I think so. It's yeah, it's mm. very strange creatures, definitely. Mm-hmm. Also, very strange when the Elven King is talking, he has some kind of like eastern european mm-hmm. accent of like german or i don't know russian or something mm-hmm. and why were you in the forest in the first place that is our business very well take them away until they feel inclined to tell the truth i would love to nail down what kind of accent <laughs> this is and then also you know given it was the 70s go back and say like was this a commentary on right, something yeah. you know <laughs> it all was but but yeah and then i love thorin and this one he's like we weren't attacking your... Because he's like, why were you attacking my people? He's like, we weren't attacking. We came to beg. We were starving. And they're like, give me some money from your mountain. They're like, I would rather die. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bilbo spends what he says is several weeks, you know, roaming around invisible. Oh, I don't even think I realized that he says oh, yeah. several they weeks. Says, but yeah, it, he is... We spent weeks trying to find... Or I spent weeks trying to find, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, trying like, to find well, of course, you know, I may have been invisible, but of course, I still had to figure out a way to get my friends out of prison. Yep. Um, and he discovers these barrels of wine. We see the elves get drunk and pass, pass out. out. He steals the keys. Bada bing, bada boom. They're out of there. I would like to know um, what they're drinking because they have a very specific drinking game in uh, Two Towers uh <laughs> legolas and gimli are trying to do and he's like i think i've got yeah. a tingle at my fingers i'm like how much That's wine did they drink a <laughs> huge point of contention with uh, a few other guests that i've had on because we're like okay so let's try let's try and map this out mm-hmm. so legolas in uh yeah i think it's an extended scene in return of the king mm-hmm. they have that drinking game and Legolas is act at first I was like, well, maybe the reason he's like, I think I feel a tingle mm. is because he's built up such a high tolerance to alcohol because of the Mirkwood partying, but at the same he's also like, What is alcohol? Right. When they give him a beer. Well, like But also yeah. maybe he's never had ale before. Yeah. Maybe he's only used to like super high alcohol percentage wine that the Mirkwood elves drink. And so I think that's the conclusion we came to is that like whatever <laughs> wine they're drinking must just, just be like a hundred percent alcohol. Yeah percentage yeah mm. we don't like see the dwarves like in in the barrels we just no. like hear some like muffled knocking and noises and stuff and bill was like oh shut up right. he's <laughs> i like, said i would get you out i didn't he, specify right, how exactly that vague contract helps in that yes place. and then we get to lake town where no one is wearing pants nope. <laughs> it's so so here's the thing <laughs> all of the men are wearing these it's a look. Mm-hmm. They're wearing these like thigh high gladiator sandals uh-huh. and then these tunics that are shorter than even like a dress that I would wear. These are like you know? Roman centurion kind of situation with the the skirt short 
kind of situation. But it's like it's like a it's a short mm-hmm. it's a short tunic, mm-hmm. and it's made even like more homoerotic by the <laughs> fact that there are no women here. Nope. No <laughs> There's women. Not a single woman. <laughs> um, now I'd like to know the. Uh, <laughs> Frank and Bats were just sexist. <laughs> they, I mean, they didn't. Hey, women didn't exist back yeah. then, so well, it's not even that. You know? I mean, Tolkien just didn't write them in to this book. Yeah, no, that's true. So. It's not even. Oh, there aren't any. You know, mm-hmm. female dwarves or like Bilbo's Mm-mm. not a woman or anything. There aren't. They don't even animate any background. No, no there's no background like, women. female villagers. They're like, yeah. we have one cell that we can work with and we're just going to copy it over and over and exactly. uh, they all look That's the what, same yeah. it's fine we'll just change their face all shape the, yeah all the men look the same mm-hmm. except for bard, bard who has a terrific classic 70s mustache <laughs> he oh looks my like God, it's amazing <laughs> yes but i'm into it i'm mm-hmm. into it also there's a shot where again because none of them are wearing pants mm. He has very muscular legs. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing that out. Bard is my favorite. Bard is like one of my top favorite characters. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, welcome. We'll help you out however we can. And then they're gone again mm-hmm. in a flash and they're already back to the mountain. Yep. And it takes them 27 seconds to get to the mountain. Yeah. They just exactly. walk like up it's... the side. They literally Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no climbing. There's no path. It's literally just walking up the side of a mountain. Right, right. So. Um, and so they get there and they spend a couple days looking around for the secret entrance. And Bilbo's like writing down, you know, his thoughts for Gandalf. And he's like, and I, there's this annoying bird who keeps knocking <laughs> the stand on, on this by rock, the which is so, when the which is so weird because yeah. that's kind of what Thor, I mean, that's kind of what Elrond told us was about a yeah, bird a knocking. Bit. I mean, it's literally know? on the map. It's like stand by right. the graystone when the thrush knocks and the last light of the setting sun will shine exactly. upon the key. And that's when Bill yeah. was like, oh, wait a minute. We're here, hey guys. <laughs> Look here. And it's like literally a spotlight. Yes. Like right on Very the- exact, mm-hmm. n- leaving like nothing up for confusion. No. Didn't just like the door just didn't appear. No, it was like only yes. the keyhole lit up. Yes. So they unlock it. And they head inside and Bilbo walking in the tunnel to go to, to go see Smaug and the treasure and everything. This is when they tell him to go burgle something. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> they say, all right, go burgle. It's time for you to earn your keep. He's like, haven't I gotten you out of like one he situation say, after another? I've already you guys yeah, twice. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and they're like, no, this was in your original contract. So he goes in and he spends a while in the tunnel. Both kind of hyping himself up being like anything that happens after this doesn't matter because choosing to go forward is the bravest thing that you can do (laughs) and then like there's a lot of reflection but it's also a lot of kind of him like procrastinating on going in you idiot how do you get into this all right all right bilbo this is it Mm -hmm. Uh, one more step we're gonna do it we're gonna do it okay (laughs) almost there Mm Also, I love that the thrush, the bird, mm-hmm. has is like his little buddy yeah, now. He comes and, like with followed him, him in. Yeah. Smaug is there. Uh his eyes are literal spotlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they open and they like yeah. They're beams of light. And he yeah. has such a weird dog face for this uh dragon. Has a strange And also it's so funny, again, since I'm coming fresh off the Hobbit trilogy mm-hmm. compared to Benedict Cumberbatch's <laughs> excellent performance, <laughs> this voice actor, I don't know 
what was going on with him that day if this was really the best it's they got out of him but he's into like, my brain he's so bored <laughs> i smell your breath i can feel Are you your there, thief? air i smell you feel your air and i hear your breath Compared to Benedict Cumberbatch, I smell your breath. Yeah, no. This guy's like, you might as well take something since you came all this way. Like, he's just literally couldn't care less. He just wants to go back to sleep on his pile of gold. That's it. Yeah. So interesting choices Mm -hmm. by the voice actor for that one. But this is when, you know, and and Bilbo's doing the flattery thing. Oh, Smog, the stupendous, greatest of calamities or something. And then Smog is like, well, what do you think? Yeah, he's like, (laughs) almost like like, Eeyore. Yeah, I've I've heard that, you know, you're like super well armored, except maybe on your soft underbelly. He's like, I'll roll over and show you. It's like, I'll prove it. It's like, oh, and he's like, oh, you old fool. There's a a hole in your left breast just big enough for an arrow. I don't know what he says, but something yeah. along those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Bilba's giving away, like, key, you know, during all this flattery and, like, sharing all these, like, nicknames mm-hmm. that he's given to himself. He's also kind of giving away key information because he says barrel rider. Mm-hmm. And Smaug is like, well, I know Lake Town has barrels. Mm-hmm. And then he also, Smaug is like, why are you here? And Bilba's like, I'm here for revenge. revenge. And Smaug is like, let me think about the only, let me think about the people mm-hmm. who might want to seek the, revenge. The only ones who are still alive are the lake people. Huh. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Dwarves in Lake Town. Also, at one point he says, uh, like, those tub thumping <laughs> lake men, whatever. And all I could think of is, you know, the song, down. Get Knocked Down. <laughs> but I get up again. <laughs> you are one of those miserable tub thumping lake men. I get knocked down. Oh, also of note, apparently this Smaug has acid, acidic yes, spit of some kind. He drools and it like melts the gold. Sizzles yeah. and melts the gold. Yeah. Um, so Bilbo grabs like he has like a cup or something. Um, and then he's like, Well, bye. And he like <laughs> takes his ring off and then waves and runs out. Um, which is very very confident mm-hmm. of Bilbo it was, <laughs> to do. Yeah. And he gets set on fire. And so he runs out and they're all like, good job. Thanks. Yay. You can I don't know, <laughs> keep, you can keep that cup for your payment. He's like, you know what would be better payment? And he says, it, it's the way he says, extinguish me. <laughs> but I'd appreciate a more pragmatic salute. In other words, extinguish me. <laughs> And he's just running around. Uh-huh. And then they're like, oh, come pat, pat, pat. And then pat, they go pat, over and like, yeah, pat him on the butt and like mm. get the fire out. Um, uh, Just the way he says, extinguish me. Mm. <laughs> so funny. So Smaug goes and attacks Lake Town. Bilbo sends word with the bird mm-hmm. to Lake Town. Um, and this is something that happens in the book. I totally mm-hmm. forgot about where Bard can talk to yeah, birds, there's, apparently. There was like an ancient <laughs> language that was shared between yes. the thrush birds and the or ravens or whoever, and then the you know, yeah. the people of the mountain. And Bard was descended from the people of yeah. Dale, so he could still sort of kind of get enough out of what he was saying. You a yeah. hole in his chest, you say? I'll have to look at that. <laughs> then he t- then he has a conversation with the arrow. Meanwhile, Bard is you know he's leading this attack and everything. He's like get him, and then like meanwhile, all the men around him are like on fire, launching themselves into the lake, and <laughs> but they're like dancing and doing that arms up and down in the air kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
wanted to put it just uh, just made me laugh because right before Smaug gets there, Bard says, this breeze is strangely warm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's literal fire. <laughs> so he pulls. Yeah, he pulls out the black arrow. He's like, I know there's a dragon attacking, but I do have time for some exposition to about to this, this arrow. arrow. Yeah. Um, shoots it, kills Smaug, of course. And then back up in the mountain, the dwarves are in the treasure room and they're sledding down the pile of gold, which is so fun. As I would. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have 100% done the same thing yeah um and uh i should mention there's no i should mention there is no mention of the arkenstone in this version of the hobbit um it's something that is a kind of minor detail in the book Mm -hmm. very big plot point in the in peter jackson's trilogy does not exist in this movie not at all and bilbo instead is just is like you guys are you you guys are crazy if you think that smaug isn't going to come back we need to find another way out Mm -hmm. you know this isn't safe so they go and find another exit and they look out uh, uh, on the land around them, they're like, "Look at all, look, look at all those fireflies!" And they're like, "Those aren't fireflies. <laughs> those are fires. Yeah, those are f- campfires. That's enough campfires for an army." And then you hear someone go, two armies." He just literally <laughs> walks up next to them on the mountain. Bard like, what's up, bursts guys? in. Like- <laughs> Loved the dramatic entrance. Uh, oh my god! Just gosh. walks into the, like he's right there. You know, they're not holed it's up. So anything. good. He's it's like so funny. Bard is like. Hey, thanks for sending the word with that bird. Mm -hmm. Bird is the word. Yes, it is. Um, had to say that. Mm -hmm. We, I killed. He's like, I killed the dragon, and Bilbo's like, thanks. That was great. (laughs) I'm so glad. Good job. Shakes his hand. Exactly. Yeah. And Bard is like, our whole town is destroyed. It would be great if we could have some of your treasure. Mm -hmm. Thorin's like, no, it's mine. It's rightfully ours. And Bard says, well, it wouldn't be yours if I hadn't have killed Smaug. Right. And if we hadn't have given you stuff. Like, they did talk about that, I think. Yeah. And Thorin says, a technicality. (laughs) (laughs) And and this the whole time, Bilbo's like, what are you doing, you crazy bird? Like, what is happening? He's like, there's Mm -hmm. plenty for all. No. Yes. This is when Bilbo starts kind of, like, separating himself from the dwarves Mm -hmm. a bit and from the rest of them into very clearly in, like, a different, you know, hobbit mindset of like there's enough for everyone to share and you know why can't we all just be peaceful and be friends and everything Mm -hmm. yeah they're like well we're gonna fight you and thorin's like okay Mm -hmm. let's go well he said he asked him he's like you brought two armies against me and the elf king subs out he goes the other is mine and he's like i want claim to what's in the mountain and he's got like weird armor and feathers or something like and then they're like two armies three armies and they're like oh no the goblins are coming on their wargs oh my faithful friend bard we should band together yes mr elf king we've always been friends (laughs) just make the battlefield alliance or whatever i love that right when the battle is about to start bilba is like well i'm ready to be taken prisoner (laughs) he's like i just hope i'm captured early Which, which is kind of what I say about zombie apocalypse. I'm like, I just want to go out oh, yeah, in the first I've, wave. I'm, I'm gonna die. Yeah. I'm fully prepared. I, when the pandemic die. started last year, I was like, is is this is this it? Like, is this is this the point this where the I point have to decide I'm whether like, or not I I like to go out in the live first? Or... Yeah, exactly. It was like, <laughs> do I want to be left on this earth with yeah. the preppers? I don't know. Don't know about that. And as the armies are charging into action, someone is standing in the middle of the crowd, and they're all like, "Get out of the way!" old fool and then Gandalf spins around and says old fool 
What a great Grand- Gandalf entrance. So good, yeah. So good. This is when they make the Battlefield Alliance. The, the, the yes. third, what you don't know is that there is a fourth army on its way. Yeah. I like that they, the dwarves, like the 13 dwarves were literally going to fight all the men and elves. Yeah, like they I forgot, don't have, they don't have Danes. Yeah, people. in the book and in yeah. Peter Jackson's movie, <laughs> the army from Dane, yeah. uh, or Dane's army comes in. Yeah. It's just the this 13, just dwarves, 13 dwarves That's right. And I love their chant. Kill the men, kill the elves, save the treasure for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah. And I did note some of the other like battle cries that are literally just like, kill, kill them. them, thieves. Kill them. <laughs> just like murmurs from the crowd as they yeah, as they yeah, inch yeah. forward in like cartoon style. So And so yes, this other army of goblins riding wargs mm-hmm. are coming for them. And then yeah, this is where we get great uh, uh thorin turns to bard and the elven yeah. king and is like my truest friends Hello, and friends. oldest yes, allies we love you yeah and they're like yes let's band <laughs> together like we always have and bilbo's like i really don't understand war yep. oh i should mention that's the point of argument between thorin mm. and bilbo here as opposed to it being about the arkenstone is bilbo doesn't want to fight and thorin is like you don't understand war and that's it <laughs> He's like, true? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm a hobbit. We don't have wars. Yeah. We had one. We had some battles a long, long time ago. And my great, 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 great grandfather invented the game of golf. Yes. But that's it. So they all team up. There's a wide shot where it's just like a cloud of dust, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they're all fighting. You have to fighting. know what's happening. It's very pig pen. It's awesome. Exactly. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And Bilbo is like sitting off by himself and he's like, goblins, dwarves, men, elves, four armies. And I was like, <laughs> see, even because the entirety of reading The Hobbit and watching The Hobbit, I was like, what exactly are the yeah, five I know. armies? Count it's them. just four I armies. See four. Yeah. But then... The eagles come in and Bilbo says, the eagles, that's five armies. And I was like, it never once occurred to me that the eagles Uh are the fifth army. And that one makes more sense than any other explanation I've been given where people are like, oh, well, technically the wargs are an army. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like they're being, they're They're creatures. It's like they're horses. Yeah. I was like, they're not it. And then other people have been like, oh, well, it's the bats. The bats are an army. That wasn't a thing. No, like, no. I think we just don't know what the five armies are. It's like four armies and 13 dwarves. Like, yes. They were not an army in this movie. Yeah. Bilbo is like, well, I've had enough of of this. Mm -hmm. Puts the ring on, hides behind a rock. As I would. 100%. Does not. Yeah. I was really hoping, now I knew that Peter Jackson wouldn't do this, but I could just see it so clearly in my mind how Bilbo, he sees the eagles coming and he gets knocked on the head with the rock, cut to black, and then we immediately, you know, open and the battle's over. Mm -hmm. And I knew Peter Jackson wouldn't do that. Obviously, we have to see what else is happening with the other characters. But I was hoping that we would see, because it's a great like comedic moment honestly and it's very funny when you like just break the fourth wall and think about it from their perspective of Tolkien didn't want to write a battle yeah so he knocked Bilbo out that doesn't happen though unfortunately we do cut away though a couple hours later Bomber is like crawling over and Bilbo emerges I think he trips over Bilbo or something so something like that and Bilbo's like is the battle over? And Bomber's like, yes, what happened to you? And Bilbo's like, I got knocked, knocked on the head. On the I was head. out for hours. <laughs> 
He was hiding mm-hmm. behind a tree mm-hmm. with invisible with a ring on. Yep. Yeah. Let's be real, Bilbo. Bilbo talks to Gandalf later on is like, Bomber's dead. There were 13 dwarves. How many remain? And Gandalf says, there are seven dwarves left. And then Bilbo says, what about Thorin? And then B- Gandalf is like, six. Or yeah. there are soon to be six. Soon to be six, yeah. This movie, did they cho- Rankin and Bass chose violence mm-hmm. because the only dwarves that die in the book are Thorin, Keeley, and Feely. Mm-hmm. They killed off. Okay, so let's see. Six. <laughs> they don't. They don't tell us who they are, though. So, okay, so. so thirteen. There are six left, mm-hmm. and they started with thirteen. So seven total died. Only th- so they killed off four more. God, how long <laughs> did that take me to work that out? So they killed off four additional dwarves that they did not have to. Mm-hmm. Well, we know it wasn't Balin and it wasn't Gloin because they come up later. So and that's it. Yeah, but- it was probably Dory, Nori, and Ori that just. Oh, rip, man. They just have to get the rhyming names down for the sibling pairs. Yeah. Um. So Gandalf takes Bilbo to see Thorin. They have a wonderful, lovely conversation. Then Thorin dies. Well, Thorin apologizes to him and says, yes. maybe if we all thought more of like the comforts of home, yes, that wonderful it would be line. a much better world. But but mm-hmm. wonderful or not, I must leave it now. And then he just dies. Like. Yes. This is a scene that in Peter Jackson's version as well, they pretty much just kept it very similar mm-hmm. or at least pulling lines yep. directly from the book. Because those are great lines. Like, it's those a great are, scene. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great mm-hmm. line. Bilbo and Gandalf head back to the Shire. Immediately. <laughs> after all this is yep. said and done. I can't even remember if we get like a check in of like, oh, the dwarves are back in Erebor yep. with the, I think it just, they're just. They just are back, back the on the road again. and he's got the treasure that they buried in the troll hoard or whatever that they dug up yeah. on the way back. Bilbo's like, this is all my horse could carry, yep. but I mean, it's all I need. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf brings up the ring and Bilbo's like, I'm just going to keep it in a glass box mm-hmm. on my mantle. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure. And Gandalf says, he starts talking about prophecies, first of all. This is the first time he's mentioned anything yeah. about prophecies because he says like, the prophecies of old became true. And I'm like, I think he's, he even says, like, do you really think it was just luck that got you through all of right. this and mm-hmm. and whatnot? It's like, there are things at work that are bigger than you. One of my favorite lines, it's, I believe it's the last line completely in The Hobbit. And then Gandalf in Peter Jackson's movie says that as well. But, you know, I'm very fond of you, Bilbo, but you are, of course, just one person in a very wide world mm-hmm. after all. Yeah, they're talking more about the ring and Gandalf is like, oh, you'll, you know, you'll go back to your hobbit hole and this ring and you'll reflect on this story that you believe to have come to an mm-hmm. end. And Bilba says, what do you mean believe to right. have ended? He's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And Gandalf kind of hints that there's something more to this ring that maybe Bilbo is not going to deal with, but perhaps some family members that haven't been born yet even Mm -hmm. um, might have to deal with in the future. Bilbo is, is, is he's either writing or reading in his armchair. Mm -hmm. um, And then it zooms over to the ring on the mantle. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. And the greatest adventure plays again. Yes. Yeah. That guy has got the most unique and interesting voice. It's got like the yodel uh, vibrato going on. It's very folksy, the song. Uh And it's just so Rankin Bass 1 and 70s too. Like it's just very of the time. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it's so 
interesting when you look at the these three animated films, which have really nothing to do with each other, and you look at the way this movie ends, you would think, okay, obviously, Rankin and Bass are going to do a Fellowship of the Ring or Lord of the Rings adaptation. So what's so interesting is that next in this timeline of animated films is The Lord of the Rings by Ralph Bakshi. And then uh, I believe it's either a year or two years after that, Rankin and Bass do eventually release another installation. It's not Fellowship of the Ring. It's not Two Towers. It's not even a whole, a conclu- uh, you know, overarching Lord of the Rings. It's just to Return, Return of, of the, the King. King. <laughs> so I really, and I was trying to read up about this and never really found a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. The way that this movie ends, I was one, I was like, so were they planning to produce, you know, their Lord of the Rings or Fellowship of the Ring? But then Ralph Bakshi came out next and they were like, oh, I, I guess think we they can't. ran out of money. It, well, I th- actually, that one, the Lord of the Rings one that came in between the Rankin Bass ones, I've seen this. I've seen all of them. And this one literally gets to the end of Two Towers and ends. It just like ends. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> like they ran out of so money mid project. They had to have coordinated like, or something, right? Yeah. So Did then, like, Return of the King comes out, but it's not done by the same people at all. No, yeah. Animation style is totally different. There's like a it's kick so, line for no reason. Yeah. It's, weird. it's so, it, it's just such like a great random story of like cinematic mm-hmm. history. One more fun fact before we close out this episode The Hobbit by Rankin and Bass has a Rotten Tomato score of 69%. Just thought I would share that. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on and discussing this lovely, Absolutely. A- lovely film with me. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me all over the place. I am co-host of Nerdy Bitches Podcast. We are a podcast where two geeky ladies pop or podcasting our way through pop culture. And we have a mostly weekly show sometimes. It's been a little bit slow. This year's been weird. Um, but you can find us on anywhere, uh, nerdybitches.com. And you can find us on Twitter at nerdybitchespod. Instagram is at nerdybitches. You can find me personally um, at author Liz Serna and at nerdybliz on TikTok. So Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm new to TikTok. I, yeah. It's an interesting place. Mm -hmm. I finally was able to join the creator fund, which I was eligible for months and months and months ago. Mm -hmm. And I kept submitting my form for it and it would never take. And then I finally went to go submit it and it finally took. And I have made a grand total. I believe it's like 71 cents. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, we we have a we're part of the age of radio podcast network and we have like you know um ads and things that run in our show based on the platform that we use and it's like in a year i think we make twenty dollars so i'm like yes <laughs> we're totally raking it in so raking it in if you would like to support nerdy bitches our day jobs folks exactly i'm ready <laughs> if you want to support nerdy bitches you can find us at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches yeah <laughs> Because we are not getting rich off of ads, that is for sure. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Curly Critics. Hi, I'm Curly, and she's Critic, and we're the... No, wait. Our introduction goes like this. I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics, and we review pop culture every week. Check us out as we review New Girl. The Narnia movies. And coming very soon, Harry Potter. 
New episodes out every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts or on WBNE.org. And don't forget, beavers aren't real. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. So remember last week when I announced uh, that I was very excited about this Merry Christmas and a Pippin New Year design? Well, TeePublic took it down because Warner Brothers is claiming ownership over intellectual property. I'm not entirely sure how that's possible. There shouldn't be anything about the phrase Merry Christmas and a Pippin New Year that they, that they are able to own. Um, I don't think they can own the name Pippin also. So if that's it, I don't know why. And also, this is an original design. Vaishan designed it, and it's great, and I love it, and I would love to use it. So there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to use it. I'm going to try and work with Public and get that figured out, and hopefully it will be back up. Um, but in the meantime, I'm also going to attempt and try and find another website to sell this design on because I really love it. First of all, I love the idea that I came up with. Vaishan really killed it with the design. I love how festive it is. It looks awesome. And I really want you guys to be able to have it in time for the holidays. You know, I don't want to sit around and wait for Public to email me back in February and be like, okay, it's ready when, you know, you're not going to buy a Christmas design in February. So if it is up anywhere else, I will link that in the episode description. You can still get other merch designs that are on the Public site. Those are all still up. I've seen that a couple people have gotten the that's what I'm talking about design. So that's awesome. But really the best place to find updates about this new merch design is going to be on social media. So please follow on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. That is where I'm able to share updates in between episodes so that you don't have to wait each week to figure out, hey, why is this design not up on her tea public shop? So go to Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod and I will be sharing updates there as they come. Hopefully they come. Again, I'm really annoyed about this because this is something that I was really proud of. So boycott Warner Brothers is what I'm trying to say. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But really, you can find me on Twitter at NCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. There is the $3 tier that will get you access to the WBE server as well as the Tolkien About thread within the WBE server. Discord is a wonderful place to be. I highly recommend it. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Zach. Zach, thank you so much for becoming a sponsor of the podcast. I really genuinely appreciate your support. Next week, get ready for it. We are watching Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. It is quite the trip. It's a lot. I'm going to tell you now. Now, I'm not saying there's a link in the episode description to watch that. But if you were interested, maybe take a gander. See what's linked there. Maybe find access to Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings on a site that is not behind a paywall. You know, check it out. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I don't, but I I just love your show. And I love that you are doing such a deep dive on this. And I cannot wait to hear what you think about the other movies. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) 